Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Welcome to the weekend, everybody. Thank you for joining the Fantasy Update for this Saturday, June 8th. It's myself, Mike Blewett, and Joe Galena taking you around the world of sports, world of fantasy for the next few hours. So, a uh, big night last night in the NBA where the Raptors took a commanding 3-1 to lead over the Golden State Warriors. They go to Golden State and they take both games uh, to possibly supplant the Golden State Warriors as champs. It's not looking good for the champs now. There's obviously going to be a lot of talk as to whether or not Kevin Durant can make it back for Game 5. But last night was a shocker to me. Uh, Kawhi played great. You had Serge Ibaka, who was really sort of player of the game in a lot of ways because he was dominant, both defensively and scoring big points. And I think what we noticed right now is you know Joe the reality is that the Warriors were built obviously to win right now but they were built with stars if you start having superstars go down you're not going to have a lot to make that up nobody is a super team of that ilk if the heat back when LeBron and Dwayne Wade were there lost Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh or something along those lines they would have had a hard time winning. LeBron was good enough that maybe he would have gotten them a title, but, I mean, they only won a couple as it is. You know, they lost to the Spurs one time. They blew it to the Mavs the first time. You can only go so far when you start losing stars. KD is out. Boogie Cousins has been just back in the lineup, and he's clearly far from 100%. Klay Thompson is playing at far from 100%, and they're throwing Everything in the kitchen sink. And by the way, Kev- Kevin Looney, Kevin Looney yep, is yep. hurt mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. They're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at Steph, and he's doing his best, but he can only do so much against the Raptors team. That is a really good team. Yeah, yeah. Well, he basically was a, a one man gang in Game Three with the forty seven points. But uh, yesterday, just the Raptors uh, defense just swarming, uh, holding them for nine for twenty two overall. And uh, yeah, you got a good point. And it's just going to be interesting to see if uh, Kevin Durant could play. I mean, they pull a, a Willis Reed, or really, I mean, even if he does play, how much uh, of an impact he could have? How much of uh, Kevin Durant we're going to see uh, in terms of uh, you know the percentage wise? How healthy? You know, what could he contribute? I mean, just the presence uh, walking onto the uh, court, I, I, I don't know. But it is tough. With uh, They have been faced with uh, plenty of injuries. But you, know, you got to give the Raptors a lot of credit. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I do. no one expects to yeah, no a lot of credit. Yeah. I'm not, uh, I don't want to sit here and uh, start making excuses for the Warriors. I'm just saying mm-hmm. the teams can't be built to withstand those types of injuries. I did not expect to see Kevin Durant at all in this series. Mm-hmm. The one possibility... I gave is if it got to this, if it was 3-1 and they were just in absolute desperation mode. Um, I Maybe 3-2 as well. But for a guy who is leaving the team within the next week, no matter what happens, I still think on some level he's going to say, oh, I'm hurt and I'm, I'm going into free agency. Am I going to make this worse? Could I create right? That's a big point. Yeah, why would he, from a personal standpoint, and it may burn a bridge. It's certainly. I mean, the the bridge between he and Draymond may already be burnt to some extent, but it could burn a final bridge with Warriors fans. But he is hurt. I don't think he's faking injuries or anything like that, uh, so that he doesn't have to play. I think he would love to see another title and contribute greatly to it. 
Uh, I don't declare the series over, but based on what we saw last night, I think we all know it's it's going to be pretty difficult. The biggest difference between this Warriors team and the ones of the past that I have noticed, or this iteration, is that they're just not as good defensively. The Raptors were getting a lot of open shots. We've seen guys contribute in big ways, whether it's Danny Green hitting a few threes or um, – yeah, let me see some of the other numbers from last night. You know, Siakam has 19, Kawhi 36. We saw Serge Ibaka, who I said, like, in a lot of ways, he was the player of the game. He shot 9 of 12 last night, and he hit a huge 3, too. There was a moment there where the Warriors, like, cut it to single digits, and Ibaka hit a huge 3. Fred Van Vliet's put in big minutes, and Gasol has been good defensively. I just think that and while Kyle Lowry only went 3 of 12, he did hit, he did make some big plays in the game last night. I I just think that they're not as good defensively. We're seeing Kawhi really have his way with them uh, often. He was plus 13 last night, as was Danny Green. Danny Green, by the way, was one of eight last night. And when I'm saying he hit big shots, it was in the previous game. But that's where we're at. It's desperation time for the Warriors. Maybe we see Durant, but a hobbled Klay Thompson, a significantly hobbled Boogie Cousins, with Steph out there, Kevin Looney is hobbled. You can even see Looney last night at points during the game. He got fouled one time going up for a bucket, and he was in a lot of pain. So uh, I'm not declaring it over. I think the Warriors are, are so good, and, and Kirk can extract enough wisdom out of them that I think they have a, a small window of opportunity. But as good as Kawhi is, I think he smells blood now. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for them to win the next three. Yeah, uh, if you had to put your money where your mouth is, what would you do next game? The next game, I mean, the Warrior, the Raptors are three and zero in closeout games at home mm-hmm. right. this postseason. So they closed out the Magic by blowing them out. They closed out Philly in famous fashion with a four bounce rim buzzer beater from Kawhi, and then they closed out the Bucks all at home. So. Really good stadium, Scotiabank Arena, Jurassic Park, all that fun stuff. I was on with Cam Stewart last weekend talking a lot about the atmosphere there and how he says that it's underrated how big of a basketball town Toronto is uh, and how much support that they get, and it is a big home court advantage. So I want to look up the odds, too, as we're talking about this, but it is really – I just can't see the Warriors going down in the next game. I right, think right. even if they lose the series, I, they, I think they throw one last haymaker to get it back to Oracle. That's that's my gut right now. But I'd also want to see what the health of everybody is. Like to, Clay, at one point, sort of re-injured himself and had to get it re his hamstring re-wrapped last night. So is, is that going to be much worse than it was a few days ago? So that, that that's a big component, and I wouldn't place a bet now uh, mm-hmm. at all. I'd wait to see. You wait to see if Durant, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but basically, you, no. Yeah. But realistically, you're going to get better. You'll get better odds right now, right? Because uh, <clears throat> because we don't know if he's going to be back mm-hmm. or not. Right. Yeah, and basically, uh, Warriors don't want uh, the. the the potential last game at Oracle uh, having uh, go down and defeat and having the uh, Toronto Raptors fans uh, singing what, uh, Oh Canada at the end of the game. So to yeah. give them a little motivation to get back to, uh, to Oracle. But uh, look, you know, if, from what you said in terms of uh, Durant, uh, we don't know. We'll never know exactly how hurt he is. And if, if it's a situation where, like you said, where he's going to be a free agent and maybe he doesn't want to take a chance in, uh, you know, injuring himself to the point where it costs him down the line monetarily. But, but if that's the case, it kind of it kind of bothers me a little bit. But uh, hey, you know, D- Durant uh, has a history. You know, it uh, helped uh, guide the Thunder to the finals uh, in uh, 2012. Uh, so he's he's been there. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, I really am curious to see what happens there. But he, he he's a la- he, he's going to be on some level. He can just say, well, look, I you know I I'm hurt. What do you want me to do? Like at some yeah. point, it just no, becomes yeah. a I'm a, I'm actually injured right now. I, right. I 
I bowed out in the middle of a game. Everybody saw it. Right now, the mm-hmm. war, the Raptors are a three-and-a-half-point favorite for Game 5, which is Monday night, so no basketball mm-hmm. the whole weekend. We had it on Friday night, so nothing on Saturday and Sunday from the NBA. The money line right now, plus 132 to the Warriors, minus 156 to the Raptors, uh, 212 over. It's been really consistently around that number. So, uh, you know, right now, I'd probably throw a money line bet on the Warriors just to see them getting back, but mm-hmm. maybe that's me betting with my heart and not my head. They just weren't good defensively. And, and what is normally a trademark for the Warriors in landing a huge haymaker in the third quarter was the Raptors' move last night. They outplayed the Warriors badly in the third quarter and entered mm-hmm. the fourth with a comfortable lead, which they never relinquished, obviously. So that's where we're at right now. We'll continue to monitor this throughout the weekend, see who's playing, see who's not. Uh, but I'd say right now, if you ask me if Durant's going to play, I'd say no. Wow. I he's going to say he's hurt. Mm-hmm. But um, and I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't judge him for that, personally. Mm-hmm. People out there will, because KD is the type that because of some past transgressions via uh, burner accounts on Twitter. People are just going to love to take shots at him, but I, I don't think it's because he's soft. I think it's because he's hurt. So mm-hmm. that's where we're at for for the dubs. And congrats to the Raptors for getting that done. I mean, they beat the Warriors twice at home, and I, I never expected something like that, uh, mm-hmm. even with the injuries coming into play. So uh, NFL news, two big decisions happened yesterday, one really related to the other. The Jets hire general manager Joe Douglas from the Eagles uh, to a six-year deal, giving him full personnel control of the team. It does set in order the thing that people were most worried about with Adam Gase having perhaps too much personnel control. They did work together in 2015 in Chicago, Mm -hmm. and now the six-year deal obviously gives Douglas some stability. Mm-hmm. and probably removes some of the fear that Jets fans might have about Gase having too much control. He probably still has a little bit too much control than what you'd be comfortable with, but I do think giving him that kind of deal. And Douglas was ready to walk away from this job until I think they understood what it was going to take to get him there, which was a lot of confidence and a long-term contract that he wouldn't be in the same shoes as John Idzik and Mike McCagney and his predecessors at GM in New York, who had short and short in Idzik's case, virtually no personnel control, and I don't think he was qualified for the job in the first place, and in McCagney's place, kind of sort of never full control. So I think Douglas has that now. And while Gase may have his hand in the pot, I don't think he's the one stirring it completely. Mm. But from what I read, both of them individually report to ownership, right? Yeah, so, I don't like that. I don't like that yeah. either. But yeah, um, <laughs> it's the it's the way they run things. So right, right. Well, I mean, when it comes to Douglas, I know you know there's been a lot said about the the relationship between him and Gase, and and uh, you know Douglas is higher. Uh, signifying that Gates might have, uh, you know, uh, a little bit too much control in that organization. But, you know, reading up on Douglas uh, has a history of being a really good uh, evaluator of uh, of uh, college talent. So, uh, you know, he didn't put this team together. <laughs> so he's just going to be working with what was done. So, uh, you know, just got to basically see how it plays out. And uh, hey, look, it's better if these if these two, Gase and Douglas, get along. I mean, look, let's face it, you know, uh, they could uh, both work towards uh, a common goal uh, in terms of, you know, not only, uh, you know, bringing a championship to New York, but creating a team uh, with personnel that both of them, uh, you know, a style of play that both of them uh, like and, and think that could uh, win. Yeah, and it was it was connected in one way to the Texans firing. Yeah. The, the They interviewed Douglas on Sunday. They went hard after him, but it was connected in some ways to the Texans stunningly firing mm-hmm. their GM, Brian Gaines, <clears throat> after a little over a year in the job and a year in which they won the AFC South and went 11-5. Mm-hmm. and five. It seems as though 
they almost hired a guy that they weren't comfortable with in the first place, which is a terrible decision to make. Uh, they obviously, the owner passed away. His son is now controlling owner. Maybe it was part of his move to take control of the team or put the team in a path that he was more comfortable with. And some of you might say, well, winning divisions is a pretty good path. I agree, but that was a fluky season, and I never thought for a second that they were going to beat the Colts in that playoff game, and they didn't. I just thought the team still had a lot of holes. They went on a crazy winning streak in the middle of the season, so credit to them. But uh, I, I understand them feeling... Now, what I don't understand is hiring a GM that you're not comfortable with and firing before he even really has a chance to put his stamp on it. Mm-hmm. But what I do understand is the it, having a feeling about the Houston Texans that they aren't good enough to take the next step. Because I feel that way, and if they're being honest about it, they probably feel that way too. So maybe they didn't feel like Gaines did a good enough job to – push the Texans over the hump. And maybe they it's odd that they uh, let him preside over free agency and the draft. So so maybe they weren't pleased in what he did. I mean, he did uh, help yeah. uh, bolster that offensive line, which needed help. We've talked about that in the past. About uh, But he took Watson. a guy in the first round that while I sat there on draft night with Emory Hunt and he liked mm-hmm. the pick, Titus Thomas was not somebody that was picked by anybody really to be a first round draft pick. It's somebody they maybe could have waited on. And mm-hmm. gone with a different, higher profile. It doesn't matter if the player's good. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've <clears throat> thoroughly evaluated the skill set of offensive linemen, <laughs> especially FCS uh, off- offensive linemen. So, so there you have it. It's uh, it, it, a stunning move in the Texans' regard. But the Jets made a really specific play yesterday for Douglas after Gaines got fired because. Douglas was somebody that the Texans were rumored to be looking at. So uh, pretty shocking there, news in the NFL. We got baseball coming up right after this. Interesting stat from the Royals from last night. My guy Lance Lynn and your guy Lance Lynn out there, if you picked him up, blown save and a blown win for him. We'll come right back on Weekend Fantasy Update. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to Weekend Fantasy Update. We're here all morning till 11 o'clock. And then from 11 to 2, George Kurtz and Camp Stewart take over. So thanks for having us here. Well, the Royal stat that I was all excited to drop on everybody appears that it was from a few days ago. So it didn't happen last night, but I still am going to tell you about it because I thought it was cool. So at some point this week, the Royals won a game, a nine-inning game, in which three different players struck out four times, and they won. It's the first time that's ever happened, that players would strike out that many times. Um, Joe, we, we're, we're becoming numb. People like yourself and I are, have become numb to the amount of strikeouts, but it is, when you put it in perspective, that's 12 strikeouts just between three players. Yeah, God knows yeah. how many more times they struck out, and they were still able to win the game. There was mm-hmm. a game a few weeks ago where the Orioles struck out 22 times and did not walk. So <laughs> that seems impossible, but they did it, and the Royals did this the other night. So kind of a, a quirky but fun stat. Yeah, well, we've talked about how the game of baseball has just changed dramatically, and strikeouts don't matter <laughs> in terms of when it comes to a to a, a, a batter. And uh, Joey Gallo, one of the biggest culprits, a guy that strikes out you know thirty percent of the time, but could hit forty home runs. Uh, he's on the IL right now, I believe. But uh, it's just the you know it's just a different 
different game, you know. Everyone's focused on, you know, launch angles, hitting the ball out of the park. Uh, that's why, in part, you know, stolen bases aren't a big part of the game because you don't want to get thrown out or have an opportunity of uh, not scoring on a home run. You want to be on base. So uh, definitely is a uh, changing uh, little baseball evolving right now. Yeah. So, all right, we'll go we'll go around uh, a few different games. Well, well, first, before we do that, I, I really should focus on your thoughts on the Dallas Keuchel signing. Uh, kind of your thoughts there, impact, what you expect from him, and do you think the Yankees are the biggest losers in Atlanta getting Keuchel, and do you have big expectations for him in Atlanta? Uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, Dallas Keuchel, the, the one thing I, I – uh, he's not look. He's probably not going to win another Cy Young award, but he's a, a solid pitcher, right? Uh, the biggest thing that I find with him is, is, and when it came to the Yankees, is that 3.31 postseason ERA, right? Uh, I think it's a big move by by the Braves. They're uh, right now. If the season was over, they'd be in the they'd be the one of the wild card participants. They're just two games behind the Phillies. I like the signing for the Braves. They have a lot of young arms that uh, he can help mentor and uh, you know some of them have been struggling with injuries Julio Tehran's been pitching out of his mind lately so I think it's a big move for the Braves I think it hurts the Yankees uh, you know we see what uh, Domingo Herman uh, you know we, we kind of have been leading up to this in terms of what's been going on with him you know his uh, last six starts 5.68 ERA uh, 282 batting average against 10 home runs in those six starts, four of them coming in one game. So, yeah, the, I think the Yanks are a, a, a loser. I don't know about a big loser because, you know, I was just looking before the show. I mean, who are the two guys that everybody's talking about that might be available? And there's going to be more. But the two big names, uh, Madison Bumgarner and Trevor Bauer. Yeah. So they're still out there. But uh, if I had to take. But you're going to have to give up a lot for them. Well, this is just well, money. Matt, yeah. True. Look, I would have signed him. You know, I, I you know I was off signing. It seems like it was over a million and a half dollars. It's not like the Yankees don't have that money to throw around, mm-hmm. even if it puts them over the tax. I I did so much digging yesterday mm-hmm. on the luxury tax stuff, and a lot of stories seem to put the Yankees over the tax. And it doesn't matter until the end of the season. Whatever it is now doesn't mm-hmm. matter. So. They could make trades and rid themselves of salary. We both know that that's unlikely to happen with the Yankees. If they make any trades, they're probably going to add salary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I and then I'm on Spot Track yesterday, and, and they have a breakdown, and they seem to think that the Yankees are under the cap. So I don't know mm-hmm. what to think right now. I'll just say that they're over. Um, they weren't going to be at a rate, which the next rate is $226 million, where they'd have to pay 32% of the luxury tax. So really, if they're in that window between 206 and 226 they have to pay 20% on every dollar that they're over the tax. It's really just a couple million dollars to them, the million and a half mm-hmm. to Keuchel extra that the Braves would pay them, and then a couple of million bucks, two, four million dollars that they'll pay in a luxury tax. That's pocket change for the Yankees. So... What's weird to me is that they get beat out on something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's penny-wise pound foolish if they're complaining about tax implications. Well, you and I were talking about uh, Luis Severino. We were wondering whether or not we were going to see him ever again. So last night, it seemed like he's making some progress. So maybe uh, them not hitting hard against Keiko, maybe in the back of their mind, they're like, well, you know, we got Sevy coming up. Maybe he could pitch, you know, August, September, and October and really, you know, light it up. So that's, that's one thing to consider, but I'm, I'm agreeing with you in terms of, look, I would have signed Keiko. Uh, yeah. What's a million, million and a half to the Yankees. <laughs> right. Uh, and like I said, I've always been a proponent of him because you and I, as Yankee fans, we've seen him pitch in the postseason against us at Yankee stadium, just how good Dominate. he could be. Yeah. So, uh, but like I said, I mean, it's not over, you know, we have uh, mad bum is going to be uh, I've looked up. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, and, you know, 8-3, and three, 2.11 postseason ERA. I mean, what do you give up? Would you give up uh, Clint Frazier straight up for Mad Bum? That's going to be the asking price. Mm-hmm. Um, would I do that? Would I do that? It's been a tough I'm week a... for Clint Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> I, I actually did, I agree with all of his comments, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I do think he's been treated unfairly. But... 
people in this town, and most towns, but people in this town, really don't want to hear it. Your starting player for the New York Yankees, things are tough. Some things are a little unfair. They want to, they want want People want you to let it roll off their back. They've, I've seen Mariano Rivera and Derek Jeter get booed. So welcome to the party, my friend. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not trying to be old guy. I think he was treated unfairly. People lying about him, asking for Mickey Mantle's number. And yeah, that was true. Not some true. other yeah. things that happened. Mm-hmm. It's totally unfair. Mm-hmm. But you just got to get out there and catch the ball and not make errors and all this other kind of stuff. It was justice that he hit a home run the night that all that stuff went on. Um, and that is a unique problem for him to have where he's supposed to stand in front of the media and give them a bunch of cliches when they weren't <laughs> fair to him in the first place. How was it going to help? The only thing it was going to do is satiate people that say, well, he stood up there in front of his locker and he, he took his lumps and that's it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Un- I just unfortunately, think, uh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Uh, unfortunately, that's just the, the nature of the beast, and I, I agree with what you're saying. But I go back. I don't watch many movies, but I remember Bull Durham, the premise of Bull Durham, and correct me if I'm wrong, was that Kevin Costner was a veteran, you know, minor leaguer, and basically he was uh, trying to help Tim Robbins, you know, develop a young brash uh, pitcher, you know, yeah. just you know, help him develop not only as a baseball player, but just, you know, how to answer when the media asks you a question, right? I mean, and believe me, look, you know, you in my everyday, you know, five-day-a-week uh, job, I mean, if, if I had to be taken to task for everything I ever did wrong and, you know, was put up uh, in front of <laughs> 25 people and had to answer it, sure, it's 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 tough. But unfortunately, you know, uh, you, you have an opportunity to make millions, so you have to, you know, balance it out. And the one thing you don't want to do in New York is uh, make an enemy of the media. And uh, right. he had a little situation <laughs> with the New York Post, which, you know, Come on. It just shows a little bit of of, uh, of maturity. And look, I don't blame him, right? I mean, there was the, in the past they've questioned uh, – there have been reports questioning whether or not, you know, uh, his health-wise – One of the Yankees announcers, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, Susan, who, who told him shame on him for not getting healthy? Who was it that said that? That I don't know. I, I know that Susan Walton because he brought that erroneously up. said about the Mickey Mantle, uh, you know, him asking for yeah. Mickey Mantle's number. That wasn't true. And then somebody, wrong. one of the color guys, I think last year, I'm sorry for not remembering off the top of my head, mm-hmm. said shame on Clint Frazier for not getting healthy. The guy had a major concussion sy- uh, syndrome. Um, yeah. It was obviously a pretty serious concussion. So that was, uh, you know, a really big part of – um, of what I think set him off. So apparently we have a caller, and I think I know this guy. Yeah, I think so. So we'll bring him in here. Lenny from Long Island. Lenny, how are you doing, bud? I call him uh, Joe Galina because he was right on about uh, the Yankees would rather have uh, Madison Baumgartner, and they are. I have heard they're going to go after him uh, right away. And one of the reasons the Atlanta Braves did not sign uh, Craig Kimbrell is because they are about to get Will Smith from the San Francisco Giants. So the, uh, they'd rather get that in a trade than uh, uh, have to pay extra for him. And uh, those are the two things. You talk about the New York media, and then I'll, i got a question for you here. Uh, there's been a pitcher on the Mets that's been uh, maligned big time. But who, what pitcher has the most shutouts in Major League Baseball since 2011. All right, Clayton Kershaw has 14. He's number one. But what pitcher is number two in the most shutouts since 2011? I'm going to guess. And Lenny, you sound like a real legend. You sound like you really know what you're talking about. But I'm going to take a guess. I sound like um, it, yes. But I'm not that like guy. <laughs> <laughs> DeGrom? Is it DeGrom? I'm much taller. Uh, 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 no, it's not DeGrom. Syndergaard. It's not DeGrom. No. Go, ahead. Go ahead. No, it's not Syndergaard. Syndergaard. Uh, it's not Cindy right. it's not the Grom. Uh, boy, oh boy, I'm surprised. Two strikes. You got one yeah. more strike, and then you're out, okay? Yeah. Most uh, shutouts since 2011. Kershaw is number one with 14. Jason Vargas is number two with uh, eight. What? Tied with Adam Wainwright. That's right. Wow. They, there you go. Talk about bad media. <laughs> well, the guy didn't do it as a Met. He did it, you know, elsewhere, yeah, but yeah. still. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, uh, that's the way it is. Great job, guys. I love you both. 
Thanks, appreciate Len. it. Thanks appreciate for it, calling buddy. in, Len. So, uh, All right. uh, so good information there from him. Absolutely. I, and Never as would we have thought talk- Vargas, man. Uh, but, yeah. you know, when and, you think back, a couple of years back, he had that great start. I forget what year. It had to be two or three years ago. But uh, I'm sorry, but Mike, go ahead. But uh, you, No, you gotta, but I, I think, we, you know, it's in the throes of talking about Bumgarner and Frazier. I think Frazier has sort of positioned himself to be like, see you later. Uh, we, we've known all along that he's the biggest chip they have. And yes. I think the Yankees are... <sighs> Wanted to give him every opportunity to prove that he's going to be a starter here for a long time. And honestly, I would love the outfield forever to be Judge Hicks Frazier. Put Stanton at DH. If they can't move him, just put him there permanently DH. I know DH is clogged up because Mm -hmm. think about a year from now, Stanton and Andujar. Sanchez is still hanging in there, a catcher. We know he's a minus glove. So... But I just think that they're at a point now where they'll put Stanton back in outfield when he's ready or yeah. look for another corner outfielder and use Frazier as the big chip to get somebody like Madison Bumgarner. you got to pay something. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. that he's not pitching as well as he did or that he's going to be a free agent. You have to give up a legitimate piece. And Clint Frazier is the type of guy that can win the trade versus other teams. Yeah, last seven starts for Mad Bum, by the way. Uh, at least six innings pitched in all seven of those starts, 3.83 ERA. Maybe the, if he moves over to the American League, and I'll ask you this, 3.83 ERA in those last seven starts. Big thing uh, is this at least six innings pitched. Nobody does that anymore, right? But, you know, the Yankees yeah. have that great bullpen. So, But still, it's nice to see that this guy can still throw innings. But do you think that that 3.83 ERA in seven goes up when he moves to the AL, or does he have the advantage because AL hitters haven't seen him? What do you think is the, the, the bigger thing there? I think it's, I think it's probably a push, but I'd lean towards mm-hmm. it could rise slightly. But here's mm-hmm. the reality for him: you can have him out there in the playoffs, which is a place where he's excelled, and he can throw the six innings, and you get to the bullpen when it's really going to matter. A lot of the mm-hmm. regular season stuff we can assume for the Yankees will go pretty well. Maybe they don't play at the clip that they were playing there for the right. previous few weeks, and we've seen this week is a lot bumpier than the previous couple. But none of this really matters until they start getting into series in October. They don't want to be in that one game wild card, which I hate personally. Right. <laughs> right. I just don't think that's the way baseball should be played. I'm into a series, even if it's a three-game mm-hmm. series. Let's make it a series and not mm-hmm. on the whims of – one pitcher or one bad inning or one bad pitch. I just don't think that's the way that the baseball postseason should go. I understand that they have time constraints, but so be it. Um, but that's what matters. The last time the Yankees won, which is 10 years ago now, we knew we had CC yes. Sabathia starting. But the real prime. key to that whole, that whole postseason was A.J. Burnett. And A.J. Burnett coming up with a couple of good starts that were able to allow them to win the series. He really was a key component there. It doesn't mean that he was the most important player, but it's guys like that. Maybe mm-hmm. not your ace. Maybe your number two or your number three starter throwing a bunch of good innings in October to get to the bullpen. Because the way things are now, a bad inning, and it's a couple of homers later, and the game's over. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, yeah. you just try- Nate Aldi was massive last year. Yes. Yep. Like those guys, you have to be able to count on Chris Sale, and in the Yankees' case, I, I don't even know anymore Tanaka, or you have to be able to count on the in in Big Maple, Houston. Paxton. They have to be able to count right. They have to be mm-hmm. able to count on Verlander in Houston and Kershaw. And keep naming the guys that you have to name on the various teams that need to throw the good innings. But where, it, but when Kyle Hendricks is good in Chicago, or uh, he, uh, anybody in, Walker Bueller comes up big in October, Ryu. that could decide right. Ryu that could decide <laughs> the entire postseason. So mm-hmm. that's why I think the Yankees are going to lean towards moving Frazier for somebody like Bumgarner because they know they need that second or third starter or wherever you want to slot him in 
to be yeah. good in October. That's really all that matters. It's going to be those couple of weeks. The Yankees will make the playoffs, and that's really what they're aiming towards. And if it's a rental, so be it. If he stays around long term, so be it. In fact, the way the Yankees are doing things now, I wouldn't be surprised if he is a rental and then they let him walk. I, mm-hmm. I think they're willing to do it for a title. They're hungry for a title. It's been one title since 2001. That's Brian Cashman's, like, like the majority of his tenure. They've been really mm-hmm. good. They've been consistent, but they're not winning. Ten years is a long time for for the amount of times they make the playoffs and how good the players are. Absolutely. Am I wrong? Absolutely. No, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, another another guy that uh, we're heading to a commercial, but uh, another guy, Trevor Bauer. Yeah, the Indians are going to be selling. Uh, you know, uh, from a personal standpoint, I don't know if I'd go after him either. He's hurting my fantasy team every time I look up. This guy's giving up two or three runs after an inning or two. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry. So we'll talk about Trevor Bauer when we come back. What's the trade market there? We'll talk about Lance Lynn. Yeah. My love letter to Lance Lynn, which got <laughs> screwed up last night. It's Mike and Joe, Weekend Fantasy Update. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. We're back on Weekend Fantasy Update. Thanks for joining us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network at FNTSY Radio. On Twitter, I'm at Mike Blewett. Joe Galina is at Joe Galina, G-A-L-L-I-N-A. So uh, your points on Trevor Bauer. Here's his last few starts just the Mm -hmm. other on Thursday night. He threw eight innings, five earned runs, gave up three homers, um, took the L against the Twins. Start before that against the White Sox, took the L again. Seven innings, nine hits, six runs, only two earned. So he's beaten up by bad defense there. But, uh, again, gave up. Uh, didn't give up a homer in that start. The start before that, May 26 against the Rays, took the L again. Six innings, four earned runs. Uh, it's four runs, two earned. Again, bad defense, gave up a homer. The start before that, May 21st against the A's, six innings, four earned runs, gave up a homer. Um, a few walks killing there as me. well. He's killing me, start. The start before that, five <laughs> innings, seven earned, gave up two homers. He has lost one, two, three, four starts in a row. He hasn't won in his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven starts. He yeah. hasn't won since April 30th against the yeah. Miami Marlins. So there's been and a, and another start in there where he gave up seven earned in five innings pitched. So his ERA stands at... 3.93 but it's a hell of a lot worse in the last month yeah. and change over over his last eight starts 5.7 uh, i'm sorry 5.47 era uh the whip overall still good it's the the home runs have been killing him a lot uh 13 home runs and uh, 14 starts last season uh 28 games only nine home runs all season long so home runs have been a big issue for him and you know we talked about you know mad bum and uh, trevor bauer i think bauer uh first of all he's killing me and i'm sure he's killing the indians because look at this before the start of the season Indians were uh, rumored to uh, have uh, Kluber out there, you know, uh, dangling him out there. So uh, at this mm-hmm. stage, look, Indians got to be sellers, right? I mean, uh, you know, but I, mean, I think that Bowers going to be a little more expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Where yeah. do they go from here? They're just not – they can't turn it around with this crew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think was probably is probably frustrating is that they have a player like Lindor and a couple of other hitters, some of whom aren't performing. And they were right there on the precipice just a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And it looks like they may be in a turnaround here. It's weird to see a division where there's like four teams in turnaround. I mean, the White Sox are on the way back up 
after oh, yes, the I, low I point. But mm-hmm. the Royals are toast, and the Tigers are toast, and they are building it all from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And how much do the Indians sell off? That's really the question. They're, they're way off from the Twins, and they're playing garbage baseball right now. I, I really did like their under. Just because you start hearing rumors of them selling off guys like Bauer or um, – names uh, Kluber, uh, when you start hearing rumors like that, you just assume that even they're out of the mindset that maybe we're not all the way there. We're not a complete team. And I think the number was like 87 and a half or something like that. So I, I like their under was my favorite uh, total bet in baseball going into the season. So, uh, so that's it. Uh, Indians and, and Trevor Bauer, certainly even when he's on the trading block, he is not helping his value at the moment. Uh, it's going to have to be a, a legitimate negotiation by the Indians to get what they consider to be full value for a talented pitcher who's just going through a really rough like, six-week stretch here. So, As, as uh, a Yankee fan, who do you want? You want Mad Bum? I'd rather Bauer? bump Garner. I'd rather mm-hmm. bump Garner. Yeah, the, the 2.11 uh, postseason ERA really grabs me. Yeah, you know, and like you I, said, this is the, we we need you know the Yankees need to go for it all uh, this season, so going to be interesting. Yeah, there's no re- there's no way they should have any other approach, and I don't think they do that. They have to win the World Series this year, especially the way things have played out. Boston's not as good right now, and mm-hmm. it's a long season, and it doesn't mean the Yankees are guaranteed to win the division, but they should. They have a lot of talent there. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries. That is an excuse, but they've weathered that. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. And Didi's back. So. Looks pretty good last have, night, they're, too, they're, at the plate. They're get, yeah, they're getting some bodies back. Uh, so we'll see. All right. Uh, my guy. Ahead, he I'm did. Yeah, yeah, he did. No, it's all right. He did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, uh, you know, who knows? So we start to get everybody back. Maybe they start to perform. Uh, in Texas, my guy, Lance Lynn, who I picked up off the waiver wire. And we did talk about him on here. We said he's a guy that you should take a shot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we certainly talked about it last week. Uh, I think Cam put a little bit of a wager down. He he parlayed <laughs> the Rangers with the Braves, and I think it hit. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, I was working with him last Sunday. He uh, tipped his cap to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Lynn's been pitching really well as of late, and he threw a decent game again last night. Decent. I mean, he pitched well last night. Six innings, eight strikeouts, only two earned runs and a walk. His ERA is down to 4.39, but unfortunately, they blew the save on him. So uh, the the relievers come in, give up two earned runs and blow the game late, and they lose 5-3. Uh, it's a bummer. <laughs> I, thought I, had, I thought I had something there. He, had, he left with a 3-2 lead, and... That's it. But Lance Lynn continues to put up good numbers. I'm going to give you his game logs right now. Apologies if I'm repeating this on some level. But last night he throws no decisions, six innings, two earned runs against the Royals last Saturday. Uh, no, on what was it? June first. Yeah, yeah, that was last Saturday. That's right. Six and a third, six hits, two earned runs. Start before that, six innings, three earned runs. Start before that, seven innings, two earned runs. Uh, strikeout totals in there. It was eight last night, seven before that, ten before that, eleven before that. May 16th against the Royals, seven innings, one run, five Ks. May 10th, seven innings, three earned runs, gave up three homers, three solo homers, it's weird, and eight strikeouts. Six innings, uh, and then the last start, May 4th, that I'll go through, it was six innings, five earned runs, and three strikeouts. But even one before that was good. He was really bad early in March. He pitched in March and then a few starts in April. But basically since April 23rd, he's put in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Seven of the eight starts have been quality starts. It's just pitching mm-hmm. well. And yeah. for to have him out there on the waiver wire was a huge bonus for me because, as I've talked about on this show, I lost Glasnow. I needed somebody to put innings out there, uh, so I have him. I picked up John Duplantier from Arizona. We'll see. He's a young pitcher. We'll see if I can get a few starts out of him. That may be just a temporary move, but it's these types of guys that are going to help you win leagues if you patch together a few starts. Doesn't mean Lance Lynn, continu- Lance Lynn continues going like this, but I'll take a month and a half out of him if I have to piece it together. 
Yeah, uh, Lynn, uh, 41 Ks in his last uh, 32.1 innings pitched. A guy that you know started out his career as a good pitcher with the Cardinals and uh, hit a bump in the road, but uh, good pickup on your part. I mean, and you're right. These are the guys that will help you. How about the guy, Plesak, who pitched against the Yankees last night? Uh, I think he has a 2.99 ERA lifetime in the minor leagues, and uh, I picked him up last week in a league or two. Uh, Is that Dan Plesak's son? I believe so. I'll double-check that. But uh, now a 1.86 ERA uh, is pitched against the Yankees, Red Sox. So he's pitched against a pretty formidable competition. So uh, he's another guy to be looking at, uh, you know, if uh, he's available on your waiver wire. Daniel Murphy uh, transitioning to another game. Daniel Murphy's never short on drama. <laughs> he really isn't. He's always in the, in the middle of stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's a funny thing because the guy is a very much a <sighs> – I want to say this respectfully. He touts his Christianity quite a bit. He's a pious person. I think he's really vocal about it. And I, I don't personally have a huge, I don't personally have a problem with that. I think it's okay. I think there's a time and place for everything, but I think he does it respectfully. But he's always in the mix with stuff. And he is the guy, the first guy to charge out there. Gagnon from the Mets hits Ian Desmond, obviously on purpose in the back after a Daniel Murphy homer and a couple of more runs that he gave up uh and then murphy's the first guy out of the dugout when after desmond gets hit <laughs> he's a former met he's barking he's got a weird hairdo going on right now he's got like an old school gary carter perm thing going on but mm-hmm. uh he gets right in in everybody's face the bench is clear it was really more of a talking to there's no punches or shoving or anything like that but I was surprised it didn't boil boil over a little bit more quickly because it was an obvious attempt to hit Desmond. He threw a couple of pitches tight and then uh, hits him right in the back. Yeah, it just seems like I think we even discussed this last week that, you know, watching all these highlights, watching a lot of highlights of home runs being hit, a lot of uh, highlights of bench clearing brawls. I mean, pitchers are having to pitch inside a little bit more uh, to keep uh, hitters honest who are just tanking, uh, just hitting tons of home runs against them. And, hey, look, you know, Dan Murphy, uh, you know, Christian or not, he, I guess he's going to uh, uh, <laughs> defend his team. I mean, he's been on fire, too. I was just looking at his stats. Uh, last seven games there, Mike, batting 433 with a couple of home runs. Has a nice matchup today if you, you're playing DFS against uh, Stephen Matz. 5 for 12, lifetime, 417 batting average. But, uh, hey, you know, Daniel Murphy, <laughs> Christian or not, he'll... Uh, fight for his uh, his teammates. Apparently so, but DeGrom <laughs> takes the loss last night. DeGrom drops a three and six. Six innings, two earned runs. He had ten strikeouts, but uh, Mets really just really helping out DeGrom once again. It's a very common thread in this guy's Mets history. Uh, he wins the Cy Young last year, and they couldn't score a run for him. Uh, he gives up two earned runs, but the Mets had only scored one run last night, so he takes the loss. Sensatella gets the win. He moves to 5-4 and four on the season, five, 4.95 ERA on the year, but six innings, only one earned run, and the Mets uh, take another loss. They're three games below 500. Now the Rockies move to four games over 500. Trevor Story, two for five. David Dahl, two for four, two RBIs, uh, two He's runs scored. Hot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, so Murphy and Dahl hit the home runs both off Gagnon last night in the eighth inning. It's why he was frustrated. But, um, you know, with somebody like that, would he be looking at an automatic suspension due to the blatant nature in which he hit Desmond? Or do you think that, um, you know, it's just one hit by pitch and they move on? Yeah, tough to call. <laughs> I, mean, I, I would say they probably just move on, maybe give him a, yeah. a slap on the wrist. But yeah, we'll yeah. see. Uh, on the Mets side of things, Conforto goes two for four last night, a run, and the lone RBI. He's the only guy to speak of because they only hit six hits and the one run scored. So uh, let's see. Where else can we bounce to? Let's go to Cubs-Cardinals. Always a good time on a Friday. I'm sure that was a Friday afternoon game in Chicago, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the only I time was, I, yes. I went to Wrigley, I've been to Wrigley twice, both afternoon games, and the one time I went for a bachelor party, and it was good times. It was a Cubs-Cardinals Friday afternoon game in Chicago in the middle of the summer, so it was hot. It was over 100 degrees, and we were dying out in the bleachers. Uh, you know, the, the beers were flowing, but they stop at a certain point when it's 100 mm-hmm. degrees, and you can barely catch your breath. They were spraying people down. 
uh, because it was so hot. They had those like water sprayers, misters. So they were spraying mm-hmm. people down to try to keep them cool. And you needed to drink more water than beer. I'd say we were unsuccessful, but uh, we ended up leaving before it got a little too out of control. So, I mean, I'm sure it got out of control later that day, but in the stadium itself, we, we kept it together. So uh, Anthony Rizzo. In the leadoff spot, one for two, runs scored last night. Chris Bryant, one for four. Javi Baez, one for four. Two RBIs, run scored. He hit a two-run homer in the first inning off uh, Miles Mikolas. Uh, let's see, Jason Hayward, one for four. Caratini, two for two. And on the flip side, uh, on the pitching side, Cole Hamels gets his fifth win. Eight innings, eight shutout innings with 10 strikeouts yesterday for Cole Hamels. So he was dominant. Yeah, and uh, he was hot to start the season. I think he had a little bump in the road, uh, you know, recently, but picking it up again. Uh, so, yeah, he's, uh, you know, ever since he got traded to the Cubs, uh, had uh, some good success late last season. And uh, if you look at his uh, home away splits, 2.58 uh, when he p- pitches at home, 3.89 uh, when he pitches on the road. And you mentioned Rizzo before. Hey, you DFS players, uh, Rizzo, 7-for-11, 636 batting average, two home runs versus Jack Flaherty today. Keep that in mind. Uh, good stuff there. And in his two starts in June, Cole Hamels has thrown 15 innings with 14 strikeouts and has not given up an earned run. To Joe's point, he had a couple of rough starts before that through four innings, six earned runs in the last start in May, and before that, four innings, three runs but gave up nine hits so he was out early on that start and the start before that where it was five innings and and two runs even though he got the win so it's good to see him on the right side of things Mm -hmm. yep you know it's weird he took a he took a loss earlier this last sunday he took a loss against the cardinals uh in a game in which he didn't give up an earned run wow because and I'm going to go to the box score right now. Um, yeah, defense two to, win? two to one. Or is he only time? gave up? <laughs> he only gave up the one run, and but he left when they were losing. Mm-hmm. So and they never got the lead back. They lost two to one. So yeah, mm-hmm. he took a seven inning, seven innings, no earned runs, and he took the loss because Adam Wainwright threw eight shutout innings. And the bullpen had given up a run for the Cubs, so uh, it's kind of a quirky thing there. But nonetheless, Hamels, two good starts in a row. Uh, Let me go back to the game that we were talking about initially, which was yesterday's game, because I want to give you some Cardinal stats, and I lost it. Now, there we go. Uh, So, Mikolas takes the loss. He's 4-6 and six on the year with a 4.54 ERA. Did you have expectations for Mikolas this year? I think I feel like he's the type of pitcher that gets talked about a lot in fantasy circles and people trying to project what he, whether he's going to be good or bad or where do you take him or anything else. So I don't have him. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, actually, I might own one share of, of, of Mikolas. I mean, look, you know, uh, I was looking for a little regression out of him, you know, soft thrower, uh, very good control. Uh, by the way, he took a shot to the uh, forearm, but uh, in yesterday's game, uh, had to leave, expected to make his next start. But uh, not really surprising that he hasn't lived up to, uh, you know, what he did last season. You know, went over, I was playing in uh, Korean baseball. That's when he really, uh, you know, kind of, perfected his craft but uh hitters are catching up to him yeah apparently so so nothing <laughs> to speak of on the offensive side of the ball for the cardinals de Jong, uh had a home run last night had a home run yesterday so he gets the one rbi and the hit there all right we'll come back we'll talk a little bit more baseball before we turn it over to the no actually it's the top of the hour we're talking football next